Apple presents events at the Apple Store. Please welcome this evening's guest moderator, creative director, and producer, Kinvara Balfour. Hi, everyone. Welcome. Thank you all for coming. Fantastic to see you all. Um, oh, I am so excited to be interviewing these girls. You have no idea. I'm one of their biggest fans. I have such respect for what they do, um, and I could wear every single one of their designs. I am going to introduce the girls, then we're going to watch a small film before they come on stage. Since they met at Chelsea College of Art and Design in London, British-born Georgina Chapman and Karen Craig have built a fashion empire. Named after European socialite Marquesa Luisa Casati, they founded the label in 2004. This year, they celebrate their 10-year anniversary. Their designs are worn by women all over the world and are a noted favorite with Hollywood actresses and celebrities everywhere. I'm so happy to be speaking with them here today. Before we welcome them on stage, we're going to take a look at their recent spring-summer 2014 show. Into men, it's awkward, the good life Time to live and a time to die A time to fall and a time to fight the good life Every word is just another lie I wonder why I do even try That someone was near me now Letting me know I'm okay That I'll survive Take me back ten years ago When I thought I lived the dream My heart had been longing for Changes going through 
Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage Karen Craig and Georgina Chapman of Marquesa. Hi. Hi. Come and get comfortable. Welcome, welcome. I was just saying, I'm so honoured to be talking with you both. I'm your biggest fan. I really, really respect what you've done. Listening to that song, before we go, go into where you're at now, which is obviously very, very busy with your new runway show coming up this Wednesday, and goodness knows what else. Take us back 10 years ago. I actually want to find out how it all began, when you guys first met, and how you actually got round to launching the label in 2004. Well, it began a little bit more than 10 years ago. <laughs> I'd like to say it was 10 years ago, but we, we first met at college, at Chelsea Art College. Which can't have been that long ago, I have to say. You both Well, it's a scary long time. We won't say how many <laughs> years, but it's a while ago. And, um, as was it love at first sight when you met? I always remember seeing Georgina. Um, she joined the fashion and textiles course a little later because she'd been doing fine art. And um, it was in a life drawing class. And I always just remember exactly what she was wearing. She had this really cool kilt and these white long socks and this very cool pair of shoes. And I just looked at her and I was like, I think I need to be her friend. So <laughs> I remember that quite clearly. And uh, so Kerry and I swapped numbers in our address books, which we had back then, not phones. File faxes. <laughs> That's how long ago it was. And uh, we then realised we'd actually met each other about a year before that at a party. So we've known each other since we were 16. Okay, and you grew up both in England all that time? Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. in London. Okay. okay, so Marquesa began after what process? Were you sitting down having lunch and were like, let's do a fashion line. It's funny because I feel like we always talked about doing something together, even at the beginning when we first met, even while we were still at college. And it just was a sort of slow burner that after we both got our degrees, we started talking about it and wondering whether it was the right time. And we decided to wait a little bit and get a bit of experience. Yeah, Karen and I, we both went off and did different courses at different colleges. I studied textile, um, I'm sorry, I studied costume design and Karen studied textile design. And it, it was always a good fit, us together, because we had very different disciplines. And uh, so we always felt that coming together would be a great thing because we, we both had our own areas and we felt we could complement each other's skills. And were you um, thinking of setting up something in London originally or did you just decide to, like, Hotford it to USA? Well, we started in London first. We got a little office in London and um, we just sort of started making dresses. So we were actually in, in England for the first year. Quick question on that. Who were your kind of peers and contemporaries at the time in terms of designers then? Who were, your, who were you looking at for guidance? I mean, Amanda Wakely, Bruce Oldfield, were they around or was it a totally different set? Uh, I mean, you know, it was very much all about McQueen at Okay, the time. so McQueen was there, and, right. Yeah, and John yeah, Galliano. And those are the designers a really exciting really we, time. we grew up with. And um, so, yeah, we got a small office in Soho. And um, actually, our first dress that we made, we got invited to a party. And I was like, well, Karen, we've got to make a dress. We've got a dress company now. So um, we ended up making evening dresses out of, we bought some old saris and uh, we draped them, put them on corsets. And um, it was there that we met Isabella Blow. I was sat at a table and Isabella was like, what are you wearing? And I was like, well. I just want to clarify who, <laughs> we're just going to clarify to anyone who doesn't know who Isabella Blow is. Because she was, I, it, sometimes it has to be explained who she was because not everybody knows and she was amazing. So Isabella Blow for us was a, a big stylist, sadly no longer with us. 
a dear friend of mine, actually, and, I, and a big supporter of yours. But she was, at the time, a stylist, wasn't she? She was a stylist, and um, she, she really got a lot of designers when they were young and really helped with their careers. In fact, McQueen, she was a huge supporter of McQueen. And Galliano, I think, as well. Okay, yeah. so you were there at the party, and as he came and, up, and uh, she was like, she was like, can I, can I wear this dress to uh, Fashion Week? And I was like, absolutely. And it was really her that said, you know what, you should focus on evening wear because we weren't going to necessarily focus on that. And she was the one that really helped us hone in on what it was we wanted to do. She also helped us get us some sponsorship at the time with Swarovski, so that was really helpful for us when we first started out I as must well. say, big up to Nadia Swarovski and everybody there who've done what they've done for fashion because it's such a big support to, to everybody and they've done it so well. How, what, what is it like to have someone like Isabella's patronage and support um, not only in England but around the world because, what, I mean, she really does give huge support. If she likes someone, she's telling editors about you, stores about you, magazines about you. Did you feel lucky at the time or was it just sort of... Very, yeah. very. Yeah, okay. yeah it, was uh, it was amazing. Uh, and she, she did introduce she, us to people. She called Anna Winter and she, she made those introductions and it, she was incredible, an incredible woman. Okay, so, she, so, you, so you had your, your sari corset dress there ready and then, and then, and then where did you go from there? Why, how did you end up in America for a start? Well, that was, um, we started, uh, we started then thinking, well, how are we going to get our name out there? We had no money and we had no way of advertising. So we were thinking, you know what? We should try the red carpet. We should try dressing celebrities. That's something we can do. We're doing evening wear and that's a way of getting our name out. Well, congratulations to you because that's very forward thinking. At the time, that was very forward thinking, I'm sure. Now it seems like part of the course for every designer. But then I think it was more... It was rarer that, that, that celebrities were seen as kind of role models and pinups, weren't they? I think so. And, you know, for us, uh, how, it, how it came about that we came to America is that um, actually Neiman's and Barney's saw our dresses on the red carpet in those weekly magazines. And they actually contacted us in England and said, well, we'd love to carry your clothes. And at the time, we were doing literally one-off couture pieces that were taking months to, to make. So really, they were like, well, you know, can you do a collection for us? And we didn't have the capability in the manufacturing. And so they helped us out with some partners over here in New York to help us manufacture and, and make things much more sort of streamlined and ready to wear. So that is why we ended up here in New York. And no, no turning back, I think. It's just interesting for two British. It's, it's great. I mean, there's lots of British designers over here, Rag and Bone, friends of mine, being one of them who've done incredibly well. But I... I, I think it's great that you, you kind of still kept your, your Britishness and your heritage and you're still regarded, I think, uh, in England as homegrown and that you belong to us and you belong here. And I think that that's obviously credit to you that you've gone global rather than stayed in one country. Because I think it's hard. I think it's hard to, to become a global brand. I mean, you guys have done it incredibly well over the last 10 years, but not everybody achieves it. I was going to ask you, what's the actual... Um, What's the history behind Marquesa Luisa Casati, your role model? How did that come about? Who is she? Well, um, she was a, a great inspiration to us. And I, was re I read a book written about her life called Infinite Variety. And I said to Georgina at the time, I said, you have to read this book about this woman. And she was just very bold. She was 
just this incredible strong character. She was an Italian noblewoman. And um, she basically considered herself a living work of art. So she had the most incredible jewelry, the most incredible couture clothing, but she was just really uh, an inspiring woman to, to find out about. Okay. Okay, all right, well, we love her. Um, what is the creative process between both of you? How do you work? Is one, one starts, the other one takes on, and then it goes through that? Or are you both sitting down together to sketch something from scratch? How, how do I you mean, work together? <laughs> Georgina usually always comes up with the concepts. Like she'll call me in the morning and be like, I had a dream, or I was watching a movie, and, and she'll sort of be, get the inspiration for a collection. And um, Georgina really comes up with the silhouette and the ideas and the, and the designing of the actual clothing. And I'm a textile designer, so I'll do embroideries and, and, and that side of things. But you know, it's, a, it's, it's it's we're together every day in the office and we sit down and we mull everything and it's you know and it's a very organic process it's not like we we do all the sketches put them on the board and that's it it's a closed book that's what's going to be done you know uh, embroideries will come in and we think we're going to make a certain dress it comes in and i'll drape it up and i'll suddenly be like you know what I, I think it can be better i think it needs to be different and the whole thing can change overnight so you know nothing is set in stone now we're doing our show right now and embroideries have come in and what was going to be a long gown is suddenly a cocktail and a completely different color so but it, that's it's, the fun it's bit. the fun of it that that's the real creative bit when you know things are changing minute by minute so it's fun are the embroidery is coming from paris and india or where from, are you sourcing from from india but we'll just design everything in the office so sometimes we'll make swatches up in the office but everything's all artwork first and then sent to India and then we work via photographs so we'll send photographs of things and then we can change things while they're actually in India as it were. There's few people doing I think for me the level of kind of couture techniques that you guys do there's very few people doing that in ready to wear today I think that really sets you apart but I was going to ask is that does that do you feel that you're working longer hours than everybody else because you're working with such intricate um, techniques? Or is that just I, I don't normal? think so. I no. think everybody works pretty hard in the fashion okay. industry. It's just, you know, what we do is different. It's evening wear, therefore it lends itself to those intricacies. But whatever you're doing in the fashion world, it, it's, it's hard work. And I think that goes for any job. If you're really got passionate about something, you're going to put the hours in. So talking of the hours, right, so you have got coming up, you've got various different things. First of all, you've just launched Marquise de Voyage. Do you want to talk to us about that? Because that's a really, really exciting new label, part of the brand. I also want to talk about your fragrance. I want to talk about your bridal wear. I want to talk about Marquesa, Revlon, Marquesa for Revlon. Marquesa by Revlon. How uh, are we saying it? <laughs> okay, so we have a lot to talk about. Take me through Voyage first. How did that come about? Well, Voyage came about, we were, it was actually always the initial concept before Isabella Blow that we were going to do a loungewear label. And then we got slightly diverted. Yeah, Izzy, Izzy wouldn't have left the loungewear as yeah. much. No, no, she was a little bit shocked when yeah. we told her that concept. Yeah. <laughs> she was like, no, I'd stick to the evening wear. Yeah. <laughs> So um, really, we were Carrie and I were on holiday about oh God, was it about two years ago, something like that, and uh, we just sort of were like, now is the time. We want to do it. We were looking at our suitcases and we we're like, you know what? Our suitcases should be full of Marquesa and it should be Voyage. So we were like, we came back and we were like, let's just do it. So we started and uh, and just I think the concept really is that it's about a global-minded traveller. It's about what a woman wants to wear 
day we're all to day. wearing it by the way we're, we're all, all in Moquesa Voyage <laughs> so it's, uh, it's there's a lot of a lot of prints a lot of bright colors very vibrant but easy pieces so easy things that you can throw on uh, things that you can have in your wardrobe or things you can take on holiday so it's and really do you, you travel a lot both of you obviously for work and with your families so you know what you need it's something yeah, easy to pack it, it is but it wasn't you know we wanted to focus on print because you know we have so much embroidery in our evening wear and we really wanted to find a way to translate that intricacy into everyday clothing and as you say into easy to throw in throw in the suitcase pieces so you know it was a fun project for us and it's something we've really we enjoyed actually okay and that and that's um also more affordable price points. Yes, yes, yes very yeah. much so. Very important. Yeah. <laughs> and tell me about your fragrance. You launched that in 2012. And yes. was that an exciting journey? Was that fun together? It was to amazing. Come up with it? Yeah, it was it took about a year process, I'd say, from the very sort of inception of where we first started talking about the smells that we liked and we had an amazing process. Because people always presume that you're just sort of sniffing a few things and then putting it on a shelf, but it, it is actually a very it is, long it is and very long precious process, process isn't but, it? But but the most incredible process and very different for us because we'd never done anything like that before. So we really enjoyed it and um it, we, we launched it exclusively with Sephora. So we work very closely with their team as well. Yeah. Okay, and then you have a, a collaboration coming up with Revlon, which is major, by the way. Congratulations. That's a huge deal. What is that? We've got various three things coming out over a period of time. One, I think, is... We, we bought out nail appliques, yes. which were all based on the embroideries. And then we bought out some lipsticks and now some There's beauty, the tools. beauty tools as well, which we've done with them. So that's been really fun. I mean, anything to do with beauty and makeup and perfume. It's, you know, every girl's fantasy and dream. Yeah. So. Yeah. OK. Well, talking of fantasy and dream, we'll take another look now at a second film of the spring summer 2014 show. Somewhere there's a party Here it's never ending Can't remember when it started Pass around the lampshade There'll be plenty enough room in jail If being wrong's a crime I'm serving forever If being strong's your kind Then I need help you with this feather
So beautiful. Right, I want to ask you, you've got your fall 2013-14 show coming up this week. How do you prepare for something like that? What's your process and how do you stay calm, especially when you're coming to talk to Apple halfway through on your Sunday afternoon? <laughs> how do you stay calm? It seems like there's just so much to do. And you've got awards season coming up, which we're also going to talk about. How your dresses have become uh, red carpet stars over many, many other labels. So it's a very, very busy few weeks. How do you deal with it? Well, you know, first of all, we love what we do. So we're passionate about it. We love going into the office. And I find this actually the most creative time of the year just before the show. Everything's coming together. Things change, can change up until the last second. And it's exciting. We love it. We can't wait to get into the office. It's, I mean, okay, great. it's also the culmination of about three months, at least three months' work. So it really is seeing everything come together that you've worked so hard on. So it really is the most exciting time. Okay, and in terms of the red carpet dressing, I want to ask you how, who was the first celebrity, let, I hate that word, who was the first very talented and lovely actress um, who, who wore one of your dresses and what impact did that have? Did it have an impact? Is it as important as people make it out to be for a business? It was Absolutely. huge, yeah. yeah. I mean, we... Who was the first? Well, I had spoken, the, we got to red carpet. So I'd spoken to Tamara Mellon. She was a friend of mine. I said, how did you make Jimmy Choo so big overnight? And she had told us how she went to the peninsula, set up her clothing, her, her, rather her shoes there. So Karen and I were like, how can we do this? So we enlisted um, uh, agent out in LA to help us and uh, they helped us get Renée Zellweger for, to wear a dress. We sent out what, four sketches I believe it was to about, her? Yeah, four sketches and they were, we had a, a, an illustrator friend of ours do them and they were very beautiful sketches and so she'd managed to get them in front of Renée and she was doing a movie in England, it was the Bridget Jones Edge of Reason and I think she just felt that she wanted to try and give you know a British designer a chance to make her a dress for her big premiere in London and we actually we, we made three of the dresses because obviously we had no history, she didn't know who we were or how the dresses were going to look so we actually did make the three dresses for her and she wore one of them and when you're sketching for someone do you um there's no guarantee that they are going to wear what you're actually going to make them is there this None whole process is done just on trust nothing, yeah. nothing. and good and faith everybody thinks they say what who's wearing your dress to the oscars and we're like we don't know and they think we're just saying that but we truly do not know until i see somebody on the red carpet in marquesa is only then that we'll be like okay yeah. they're in the dress okay it's and very when they are in the dress what does it feel like and what impact does that have on a business can you actually see that in terms of 
customers calling up the next day, everybody yeah. wanting the same thing, or perfume sales shooting through the roof. What, what impact does it have? Definitely, I mean, uh, the most enormous impact. I mean, when we, we actually dressed uh, Sandra Bullock for the Oscars, when she won the Oscar, I mean, that was just amazing, amazing. the most amazing experience for us. And, and also just a huge impact on our business. It's, it, it's and it's exposure for us as well. As I say, we, don't, we didn't advertise at the beginning. And going back to Rene, I remember the next morning, I sat in bed and we got all the newspapers. And there was Rene on the cover of every English newspaper with Marquesa on it and it was amazing it was sort of like overnight somebody our, our company was there it's, I, for me I've seen quite how much work having been in LA how everybody comes and assistants come and seamstresses come and everybody puts so much work into this and the dresses have flown over from wherever and they'd st you still don't know no. until that final no. minute no. that anybody's actually wearing your dress. No, because, I mean, the, the actresses, you know, they always have backup dresses, so you don't know whether your dress is the number one dress or the number three dress. A zipper may break. You just really never know. So it is And you're dealing with stylists in this, in this situation or you're dealing directly with the stars themselves? You it guys, depends. I mean, they're your It, it really your depends. Uh, there, there are a few stars that don't actually have stylists. Uh, there are a few of them. Blake, Blake, Lively, Blake Lively actually doesn't yeah. have a stylist. She'll she'll call me up after a show and be like I love this dress I promise I'll wear it can I put it in my cupboard okay. and she, she's fantastic like that and um, but then we work closely with a lot of stylists too or we uh, sometimes sketch just for that particular event it can work either any which way and uh, how, how long is this in advance I mean if you know that someone if you knew that Renee might be wearing your dress to an award ceremony and you're sketching for her is that three months in advance or two weeks in advance? I mean well it can be either but usually sort of not not long enough we'd be like if only we had another few weeks but okay yeah okay well congratulations to you on all of that because that is that's a huge thing I'm actually gonna open up now to the audience Q&A um, you're welcome to ask questions to both Karen and Georgina if you just state who your question is for um, I always found Marquesa Casati to be the most like interesting woman ever because she was just like so eclectic and just lived by her own rules. And is that something that does um, inspires you through your design process? And also, is like how important how important is historical and cultural um, influences towards like your collections because I feel like it really differs like sometimes it's like you know I mean looking at the collection we were just looking at it was you know I could see a lot of like 30s inspiration but if you go back to last fall it was like a lot of Indian inspired pieces so how does that I mean I think because you? Georgina um, studied costume design I think it's very important the historical references that we use within the collection certainly yeah, I, I mean, you know, each season it's a different theme. And I think, you know, we, we create enormous mood boards. It's like wallpaper in our offices. But as Karen said, you know, that was my discipline, costume design. So reference is very important to me in the historical content. And so, you know, I will we'll go back to corsetry. We'll go back to details and embroidery. Yeah, just simply, yeah, it could be embroidery details or corset details. But I think it's whatever's inspiring us at the time. So... As Georgina said, the mood boards, are, we, we keep going back to those. Even now, we've come to the end of the process where the dresses are being made. The mood boards are up around where we do the fittings. We always go back to that point. So I think that keeps it more cohesive, hopefully. 
Would you, I'm going to jump in quickly, would you ever consider doing the costumes on a film? Have you been asked before? I don't, if it's confidential, then don't say anything. But it sounds um, like you should do something. You should be doing a film, I think. I, I think, you know, I think we would absolutely love, love to do great. that. But Please having studied costume design, I know what goes into it. And it's, it's really, it's a lot of work. Yeah. So, I mean, doing that alongside the company, would, you know, it would, but it would be incredible. It really would be incredible. We'd love to. I did fun. interview uh, for Apple, um, Sandy Powell, the costume designer. I know, who she's was amazing. Amazing, amazing, but she talking about something she did with Scorsese where they made 1,000 outfits by hand and yeah. they were then yeah. painted by hand afterwards to make them look worn. Amazing. And the work that goes into it is amazing. But I think I'd like to see sort of Charles Dickensy something. I don't know, you guys, <laughs> let's wait and see. Okay, sorry, back to the audience. Next question, please. Hi, um, Hi. I was just wondering what advice you would give to any young fashion designers? Oh goodness! I, I think you know. I think uh, I think to stay focused and to really, truly decide what it is you want to do. I think you know what we felt always worked well for us, and what was the advice that Isabella Blow gave to us was to really stick with what we believed in, which was evening wear. And at the time, I remember someone saying to us, "Oh, you can't do evening wear. No one does evening wear." And that actually made us want to do it even more. But it really was that belief and really having that passion and working hard. Working hard. And I mean, I think if you have an opportunity to do some kind of an internship where you can really learn different aspects of the industry to really make sure that it is exactly what you want to do because it is a lot of hours and it is a lot of hard work. But it's fantastic if it's what your passion is. So, Okay, thank you. Next question. Hi. Um, I was. I read. I think that when you guys were first starting, you would do a lot of the work at night in um, some facility that like wasn't being used at night or something like this. And I. And now that you're both mothers, I read that, which is wonderful. Congratulations. I was wondering, sort of, over the years, how your work day has changed and how you've sort of um, what you've learned and what works for you guys now. Well, we have the kids running around the office quite a lot, which has changed quite a bit, but it makes for a lovely atmosphere. I mean, I feel like the office is really like a family atmosphere. We have an amazing team. We have such amazing people who put in such long hours, and Georgina's brother actually runs the company. So I think that that's the most important thing, especially if you're spending a lot of hours there. But obviously, we try to get home and see our family too. But as I say, they're in the office a lot. Hi, do you offer internships? <laughs> yes, yes, we do. We do. <laughs> yes. Do you need Absolutely. an intern? <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> Feel prepared to work hard, yes. <laughs> okay, we have one more question. Um, what difficulties do you find um, in designing such and producing such uh, intricate, detailed evening wear pieces as opposed to uh, less complex sportswear garments? Well, we've only ever done evening wear, so we couldn't really tell you. Um, you know, I don't think it is a difficulty because we, it's what we've always wanted to do. It's what we've always done. I, I think now we'd probably be hard-pressed to design a sportswear yeah. line. I mean, we're lucky. We actually we produce all of the garments here in New York in the garment center, uh, apart from, as we said, the beadings are done in India. So, you know, you can actually see the process happening and um, watch over it. Where, where are all the dresses, where, where are the Marquesa archives? When are we gonna have a retrospective exhibition for a start? But where do you keep everything? You must have, the, they're so precious. 
Yeah, well, they're, they're in, a, in storage in, in our offices on a different yeah. floor. But and do you refer back to past seasons? Yes. And yeah, Very so you're often. working often from the past yeah. to the future. I have so much more to ask you, but we've run out of time. I could chat for hours. I think you will all agree that, to say thank you so much to Georgina and Karen. You are absolutely fantastic. I wish you really good luck with the next few days before your next show. Thank you. Thank you so much for talking to us. Good luck with the awards ceremony and everything that that entails. And we look forward to another 10 years at least of Marquesa. Thank you very, very thank much. Thank you for having thank us. You. Thank, thank you. Thank you for coming out. Thank you.